What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Leaving the Comfort Zone. Thank you guys for tuning in. Before we get started, make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast. Don't forget to leave your reviews and comment. You can also follow us on Instagram at underscore Leaving the Comfort Zone. If you guys want to show some love and cop some gear, you can catch us at LeavingTheComfortZone.store. With that being said, let's get into this. It's your host, Richard Rodriguez, with co-host Hector Marmo. What up? What's good, bro? What's good? Um, obviously it's it's a little bit hard for me, man, to just to just get right into it as we usually do. But with everything going on, it's it's a little bit hard to to not say something, right? To not to not have the conversation about it. Um, we're obviously in different states, bro, but um, things are happening across the country and in, in different countries. Um, obviously, different states, different cities, different towns. What I want to know is, I know you're close to the Cincinnati area out there, Cincinnati. Um, was actually in the news a couple times for the protesting and everything. How have you felt that being a little bit outside of Cincinnati? Have you seen it on a daily basis? The, the marches, the different things happening? Like, what's going on in that area? Um, well, living in northern northern Kentucky, I haven't seen I haven't seen much of the protests going on in this little pocket because usually. Um, Everybody from this region will just migrate to Cincinnati since it's right on the border, right? But I know there's been protests in, like, Louisville and, like, Lexington and all, like, the, I guess, if you can call them major cities uh, in Kentucky. But for northern Kentucky region, I just associate that with Cincinnati. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's been protests and stuff going on, obviously fighting for a right cause with uh, everything that happened with the George Floyd murder. And, I mean, I guess I'm going to just call it a murder, but... I mean, it is what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. I think uh, it was, I mean, I, I again, I, I'm not sure, and I'm almost 100% though, but it was like eight minutes and 46 seconds, bro, where the dude had his knee um, on his neck. Uh, a very unfortunate situation in Minneapolis, but I think that situation, bro, is what really got people fired up, right? So we've seen um, different situations in the past that have happened, but this one was so gruesome, I feel like, and so aggressive from that cop, that police officer that, I mean, I don't even want to give him that power, bro. I don't know what he is, for real, for real. That's just the way I feel. But it's like, it's impossible to ignore that act. You know what I mean? It wasn't a yeah. mistake. It wasn't a nothing. I felt like he looked into the mm-hmm. camera and continued doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it's a sad, sad situation. Obviously, prayers for his family, um, for all of us who have been affected. But again, that situation in Minneapolis, bro, I feel like in a way, I don't know if you agree, there's an energy shift, right? There's more action being being done now. Um, yeah, and I mean, all, all credit goes to, one, I guess, technology, internet, and then just the reaction from people on social media for it and to get you know, publicized on the news and then having that spread like wildfire, I think is, is what led to, led to that shift because it's been going around, it's been going on for a long time and, for sure. and uh, to see something publicized like that, you know, for those who live in regions where they don't experience it, it could have been like, like a wake up call. So for I think real. there's definitely a shift in, in consciousness um, for those who, have heard people say and explain these stories, but because they've never seen it or experienced it, they kind of, you know, brush it off their shoulder or kind of a situation like, you know, like the boy who cried wolf, you know, where if it's not impacting them or they don't see it or hear it, you know, like, or they're not around it 
to them it doesn't exist and to see something like that be you know blasted everywhere um i think it's giving a lot of people the opportunity to wake up i agree bro and just even listening to hear or even listening to you speak i can hear it in your tone it's it's, it's not an easy topic to talk about right it's very emotional. People are passionate about it. It's hard. It's hard to even process mentally, but it's mm-hmm. crazy that you said that you, you feel like some people were, it was like a wake up call, right? Um, there's a famous picture that was on all over the news and all over social media. That's actually in Cincinnati. Obviously me having some, some history in Cincinnati um, and living there and whatnot. There's a picture in OTR, bro. You're familiar with OTR. That's like a downtown yeah. almost area of, of Cincinnati where there's mm-hmm. people having like brunch or something, right? A complete group of white people. Um, they weren't doing nothing wrong or nothing, but there was a march happening right next to them. So the, the, the quote was in the news or whatever, some people, some people fighting for brunch, some people fighting for justice. You know what I mean? It was just crazy to see the dynamic and the parallel, the black and white, um, very apparent differences in, in people's reality right um the george floyd situation kind of brought it to everybody's paradigm right it was like this Mm -hmm. shit is real like i don't care what your background is what your color is um it's impossible to ignore we can no longer ignore that situation we can no longer Mm -hmm. ignore what's actually happening in our everyday lives some of us are just choosing to ignore it so that picture was in cincinnati bro so i just wanted to bring it up because i don't know if you came across it or not but it just it just showed right the the difference in in people's lifestyles mm-hmm. um, and i think i think um just to add on to what you're saying with how this was publicized and like unless unless you're living somewhere where like no connection or no nothing like you know what happened mm-hmm. and i think i think like you said that shift in energy is happening because like it's being put in front of your face and like consciously inside you have to you you're gonna come to the decision of is this right or wrong like that's Mm -hmm. gonna that's gonna come to your mind and you know some people now that it's right there in their face they're saying this is wrong and i think just that acknowledgement inside of people is what's creating that massive you know massive shift which is which is definitely creating um a lot of unity which is amazing to see i agree bro i agree i am obviously emotional about it it's um, tough it's it's an uncomfortable uncomfortable thing to to talk about but it needs to be it needs to be talked about and i think uh you know the name of the podcast speaks for itself especially when it comes to something like this no i agree bro and then being being able to to understand and resonate with the whole situation and everything that's going on because um obviously i'm dominican but let's say I can pass for mix. I can pass for, um, I have African in my bloodline, right? Back in the day. We'll get into that a little bit later, but I can pass for being black. If you don't have no type of cultural knowledge, any type of in the Midwest, whatever, I, if you look at me firsthand, all right, there he's black or whatever, which is cool. Like I have no, no problem with that. But what it is, is it allows me to experience some of the, some of the, how do I say it? uncomfortableness of certain situations right where if you do get stopped by a police officer which i have been stopped in the past in brooklyn new york in ohio in florida i've been stopped in different it's not like it's just in a specific area this is all over the country yeah. um, so when people get into the topics of our police our police systems everything like that they're corrupt everywhere it's accurate bro there it's all over the place it's it's in, that racism that that type of perspective um based on somebody's color of skin 
is, is ingrained in certain people, right? I think it's, it's impossible to ignore that fact. So being a person that's, that's gone through those situations and being stopped for no reason, being put on a wall when I was younger, um, profiled incorrectly is pretty much the term. I mean, I was literally mm-hmm. with a group of other friends who were also black, Latino, whatever, um, for no reason, bro. I've been stopped on the side of a highway um, for bullshit, right? Like bullshit, yep. bro. There's no real content behind the reason other than asking me a bunch of questions. Yo, what's your history? Why you got so much stuff in the car? I was literally, there was a situation where I was literally traveling, bro, from New York to Ohio by myself, car loaded with all my clothes and everything like that because I've taken multiple trips between college was doing nothing wrong bro speed limit everything i was in a freaking normal car nothing crazy and then the dude stops me white cop asking me a bunch of questions so your plates are from new york you have an ohio id um which okay they're understandable questions but i was trying to get to the point like what is this dude stopping me for why do you have so much stuff in the car like what are you doing driving this late where are you going what are you graduating with what's your degree like what just trying to find out all this nonsense information, but asking with an attitude for no reason, bro. When I get stopped, I'm very respectful. I have to be overly nice. That's uncomfortable nice, within yeah. itself just because I'm not white, right? I have to shut my – I get these conversations I get told was like shut the car off, put the keys on the dashboard. All this mm-hmm. stuff to just show a massive amount of respect because you don't want to at all show up suspect, right? Yeah, um, you, you, you want to be overly polite and overly respectful. Exactly, right? bro. Yeah. But the fucking, the, the point is, the fact that I have to go through all of that, and it's been multiple times, allows me to resonate more often, right? It, yeah. it, I can understand the pain. I can understand the, the, the it's, it's almost, I don't even know how the, the proper word, because the word doesn't give it the right context, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. an emotion, bro, that you feel where you do get looked at differently. And I've, and I've been in both worlds, you know what I mean? Um, and it's extremely crazy, bro. I just, I don't know if you've had a situation where you've gone through something like that, but when you're in that moment, bro, it's so, it's so uncomfortable. It's so sad because you know for a fact and you know that it's only because you look different than that other person. Yeah, no, I've definitely gone through my own personal experiences. Um, I guess some some just more a little more generic um because i grew up in a pretty diverse area in long island for sure then and then when my dad's business was taken well we moved into a more uh, predominantly white area and uh because he wanted us to go to a better school system right so even then like he he understood he understood that put me in a better school system so i probably like in that school district let's say once we got to high school there was, I don't know, I'd probably say 20 people of color in a high school, right? So um, I've definitely experienced those types of prejudices there, mm-hmm. especially being the only Latino, Spanish-speaking dude in a baseball team. Um, but then um, I I would say because New York was so diverse, I probably experienced it more when, you know, coming to school, going to college in Kentucky, um, in Indiana, definitely. Um and some of the stuff I'm oblivious to, like, just because like, I don't look for it and my fiance would point it out. But one, one day specifically, we went grocery shopping with, uh, with my then girlfriend, now fiance, and I left to another aisle to get something. And then um, an older lady went up to my fiance and was like, 
hey, I just want to make sure like you're okay. And I want to make sure you're here by choice because you're, you know, you're here with a person of color. And she's like, that's my what? boyfriend. Like, I choose to be with him. Yeah. So that, that's, that's one, that's one scenario. And then um, the other ones that I used to pick up on just based on pattern was uh, I would say in Indiana and even uh, a little bit out, out here when I first got here, um, shopping, shopping at a store, you know, there's somebody that would randomly like check your receipt. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, like I would, I would be aware after the first time or whenever Nico and I, right. Nico and I in New Albany, um, Nico being Puerto Rican, a little bit Nico darker being skin. Puerto Rican being a little dark skin than, than, uh, than you and I are. Mm-hmm. Every time we bought something, boom, check your receipt, check your receipt, check your receipt. But then, like, people in front of us, people behind us, it's like, no, go ahead. But I guess, like, to them, because you look sketchy, right? Mm Because you look different. Um, They need to, I guess, double make sure or whatever. So, like, and again, I don't, although it is an uncomfortable situation, like, I I don't look for it. So, sometimes it does slip my mind. Because a lot of the times I know that if they're thinking that way, they were taught that way by their parents. And sometimes they don't even know any better. Does that make sense? It does. It does. But it's, it's, you also, you say you're oblivious to it, but it's like, when you really think about it, it's like, you said the whole shopping thing and the receipts and everything, bro. There was, there's, there's still to this day, sometimes I get nervous about, let's say I buy something, right? I don't use it or nothing. And I go to exchange it. Mm-hmm. I get nervous, bro. Like, I was with my sister at the Nike out the other day, and I was trying to exchange something. And she was like, why are you freaking out? Like that? I'm just like, I don't know, bro. But inside of me, it was like, I didn't even think that I'm trying to rob something or do something sketchy because, again, that was ingrained into me. I'm, I'm used to them already predetermining something that's not there, that was never there. Yeah. Um, that's just a small example. But it's just like, it's in us, bro. We naturally act in a way where we, we think that they're going to think of us in a certain way, which sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But it's also ingrained in us, just like it's ingrained in them. So breaking out of those thoughts and breaking out of those feelings and those emotions is important for us as well, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, 100%. And what you just said came across, um, I saw a video today. It was by a, uh, I believe, um, a black author. And one of the ways that, that he described um, I guess the difference between um, a black male and a white male is that he's like, we always got to be on defense. Like Mm. we always got to, you know, we always, and he's like, and our defense always has to be sharp the whole time. And the difference between that is like, if we go somewhere, you know, we're thinking of ways, like how can we avoid this? How can we make sure we get here safe? How can we do this? How can we do that? Where like, let's say you have, um, someone of privilege or someone who isn't of color, you know, they're walking down the street going, Hmm, you know, I wonder how I can do this better. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can, you can build something here, you know, like stuff like that. Like, Mm -hmm. like thinking offensively because they don't even have to consider the fact that they're going to be stopped or, or judged by, you know, specific people and stuff like that. So. No, bro. That's, that's real. It's crazy how we've, we've both had our different instances where we've experienced it. You know what I mean? It's real. People think that, ah, oh, there's no longer here. Racism has been gone for a long time. And bro, it's, it's, it really hasn't gone away. Um, I feel like, I think Will Smith said it best, but it's like, 
racism never went away. It's just like now being caught on camera or something like that. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's the reality. Our technology, you said it earlier, is, is catching more things where everybody has access to it unless you don't have Wi-Fi or something. Um, you're seeing more of it. You know what I mean? It's been there the whole time. We're just now constantly looking at it. I mean, mm -hmm. the past couple of weeks, bro, um, every time I go on my social media, there's a new, there's a new story. There's a new picture. There's a new video of something. And it's almost like traumatizing, bro. You know what I mean? You're trying to be positive and everything, and but it's the reality that we're living in. So this shit has to be exposed for there to eventually be changed. It's, it's just nuts to me, bro. It's nuts. Um, I know, but us personally, me being Dominican and you being Dominican, it's also relatable because as you mentioned earlier, we have history, right? We have yeah. technically Taino, we have African in us, we have Spanian in us. We're made up of those three different groups. So it's important for us as Hispanics and Latinos to acknowledge that part of us as well, especially during these times because we're not we're more alike than different bro we really all are right especially in the dominican yeah. community i don't know how your household was growing up but my household um i'm my immediate family i am actually the darkest one right everybody else is a little bit lighter skin kind of like your complexion a little bit lighter mm -hmm. but my grandfather is super dark right and I, to me that was always normal i always saw dominicans as different shades different colors and i was i always wondered why but I never really did the research. But with everything that's going on now, bro, I've been able to step back and take a little bit of action and educate myself, right? So that we're made up of those three groups. So being Dominican, it's almost ignorant to ignore that African part of you. Um, me being darker, it's a little bit more like, okay, that makes sense. So when you see another Dominican and when you have conversations with other Dominicans, they grew up in households where they don't associate necessarily with that African part of them. They might yeah. look at their hair. We have the same hair as, uh, as, as my black friends and everything, yeah. but I'm not black. You crazy. I'm Dominican. I'm Hispanic. I'm Latino, whatever. Any little mm -hmm. excuse to avoid the, the reality of their history. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do you, how do you, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's interesting. It, it is. Int it is. It definitely is interesting. Um, so t I guess to give you more insight into my family, my mom's side is is um way more on the dark side than my dad's side so like like you said if we're mixed with spaniard taino which was taino was the native americans on that right. island pre christopher columbus um but my mom's side would definitely be more taino and african and then my okay. dad's side would definitely have more spaniard in them <clears throat> and i'm pretty sure i've heard stories of um I guess the Marmol last name coming from Spain directly. So that, ex okay. that explains why my dad's, my dad's side is light, lighter than me. My dad's lighter than me. My sister's lighter than me, but my mom's side um, would definitely be on the darker, uh, on the darker side. But um, I think that mindset that directly comes from our history, you know, like um, I'm sure you've been able to come up through Hio, who is, who was the dictator in a, in Dominican Republic and he had a vision to whiten the continent right and and he wanted to do that by eliminating the Haitians that were living in Dominican Republic for those of you who don't know Haiti and Dominican Republic share the same island so and that was what 1930s 1950s which is really not too long ago it's so not that, long ago at all bro I was gonna say I think he started his tenure was like in 1930 exactly yeah, I mean, so yeah. to to for lack of better terms, to give you a, a better, I guess, perspective for someone who 
who doesn't know about Latin history, the best way to relate it would be like a Dominican Hitler. Um, right, right, exactly. So, do you think that 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 his his motives is what kind of ingrained in in certain Dominicans that maybe they need to remove themselves from that African side of them or, or try to avoid admitting that they're maybe black or whatever? Because we are. I mean, it is what it is. It's part of our history, and we are. We it's time to embrace it more than ever. Um, do you think that his uh, dictatorship or his motivation to whiten the country for whatever reasons he thought, I don't know why he thought that was the right reason, but do you think that that is still playing a part in, in our Dominican mentalities today? I think so because it's not too long ago. So like, let's say you have, let's say you have somebody in your family that at that time agreed with his views, right? And he raised a family what what's he going to instill in his family and then what's mm-hmm. his kids going to instill in his kids so it's not it's really not that long ago for it just to be 50 years you know not 50 years i'd say probably 70 right. 70 75 80 um which is really not that long ago when you think of in terms of generations no, so i crazy. think that i think just that time period um is where is where that mindset that mindset comes from because i i mean just being straight up there are a lot of dominicans that that are racist a hundred percent and that's the truth bro i'm glad you said that and it, and, it, and i'm gonna i'm gonna say probably stems from that time era as well as probably coming to the states and witnessing how people treat people of color you know so mm-hmm. it's it's definitely probably a mix of that but to deny to deny the fact that we have african in our genes is to me is is mind-boggling and exactly and and the fact that like you mentioned Trujillo bro whatever his ideas were beliefs clearly wrong um he was responsible for killing thousands of Haitians I believe it was like somewhere between 30 to 50,000 he was responsible for um it might have been more you know what I mean um those numbers are, are crazy to me thinking about how Dominican Republic and Haiti share the same island um it's it's a crazy dynamic right going through that time ingraining that in certain dominicans um but again why did he think maybe that was the right way to go maybe because he looked at other countries maybe he looked at america you know maybe he looked at other different areas where the lighter skin tone for some reason had more privilege as we are still seeing today in the u.s mm-hmm. it's very real still it's people with darker skin get treated a different way bro it, we just cannot ignore it anymore it's impossible um mm-hmm. so he was extremely wrong, obviously, in our Dominican history. But yeah. I wonder where he was getting his influence from, right? Maybe the country that we're sitting in today. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It could all tie in. It's just crazy to me. Yeah. Um, I think the only different, yeah. And I, I think the, the, sorry to interrupt you. I think the only nah, difference, go ahead. I think the only difference as far as, like, let's say someone to the extreme of Trujillo and let's say, let's say America is the fact that Trujillo was a lot more, hey, these are my, these are my intentions. More open and, with his. And my, yeah, my direct actions are going to show you exactly what, what I believe. And then, you know, you come here and it's more of like. Systemic okay, racism. It's ingrained yeah. into the school systems, into the redlining, the red zoning. Yeah. Um, it was a more strategic approach to separate. You know what I mean? Um, exactly. And, they're in your yep. face and it, exactly and it's more of like okay well how can we get a, away with it without them knowing what we're doing you know so it's like 
don't know, bro. It's, uh, <laughs> it's tough, bro. It's, it's tough. <laughs> it's crazy because we're hitting on some very real shit. This, these are facts. People can look them up. Um, and it's, it's, it's just interesting, right? Because it all ties into back into today. Um, but now more than ever on the lighter side of things, I think there is a shift happening, right? I think people are talking about how in history this has been going on for a long time. But, bro, all 50 states marching, different countries marching. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. It's a real movement. I think it's a real energy, a real shift. I think our generation is extremely rebellious. I think we're taking more action um, than ever before. I'm excited. As as unfortunate as the situation that we are coming across in these videos and in these cameras or whatever, I am excited because I think we're becoming closer. You know what I mean? Um mm-hmm. The whole mm-hmm. debate of the all lives matter, the blue lives matter, the black lives matter, all that stuff is, it's all perspectives, right? When we learn that black lives right now has to be number one in our mind because they're the ones that are facing the most and that's just clear across the board. We can't ignore that. Um, yeah. We have to focus in that area, in that group, because when they start coming up, when we start focusing on solutions, for them, bro, as a whole, we're all going to be better. I mean, we get our influences from each other, right? We learn from each other. We educate each other. And on social media, more than ever, you see these black squares, which, I mean, I don't know how I felt about that because people posted the black squares and then deaded the whole situation, right? Never talked about it again. We can still be actively taking steps, bro. I mean, I know I've seen you post information. I've been posting information. You don't have to be an activist, right? But you do have to acknowledge the fact that there is something going on and it'll be best to take part in helping out the cause. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, and I think if, because I think it's safe to say that through our journey with, with baseball and now, I guess, uh, professionally after, after baseball, you know, we've, I've been blessed to interact with a whole bunch of different types of people, people from everywhere. And, um, you know, I think if if someone wasn't aware of all this stuff, the, the best first step you could really take is to educate yourself, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I wouldn't necessarily go to your, let's say your friend who might be a person of color and say, hey, can you teach me about this? Because you have access to the internet. Um, you have access to anything that you really want to look up if you uh, have the desire to learn about and educate yourself on it. But I definitely think that's the first step because without knowing history, without educating yourself, you're not going to have perspective on what's going on. And I think as a whole, even for people that are, um, you know, people of color fighting for this movement, I think it's important to educate yourself because you shouldn't be out. You shouldn't be out in the streets being ignorant to what's happened in the past. And the reason why I say that is because I'm a strong believer of um, if you know your history, you know your future, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is because for for people to be, for for Blacks to be oppressed for 400 years, like you said before, that shit has to happen strategically. That shit has to happen intentionally, right? So if they have 400 years of experience oppressing Black people, you need to educate yourself on how they did that. So, 100%. They, don't, so they don't just flip something, paint it another way. And now you got hit with a trick that they pulled in 1890, you know, just to throw out a year. Um, so I think that's that's extremely important. So we're not collectively as a group um, not being efficient with our energy, right? Because through the tragedies that have been happening and being brought to light, I think as... Like follow the trend. So like 
yeah the black square i mean there's probably people who put a black square up but haven't done any educating haven't done any conversations with other people like you don't have to be the best at posting about what's going on right but like you mentioned educate yourself self-awareness you might not need to be the person who's marching on the front lines but you can be the person who has some economic power who has some finances now put that money towards something that can help out right if you're the type of person who who loves to read who who is knowledgeable educate yourself on more information on more history so that you can share with the people who might be marching and don't have the educational part it's all about taking the steps that you're comfortable taking but at least you're taking a step we can no yeah. longer accept not taking a step i mean there's no like ah, i'm cool i'm gonna sit this one out like we're seeing it in front of our face something has to change right and there is changes happening there's a lot of changes happening Mm-hmm. But real change, bro, requires real energy, real, real thought, right? Like you said, real strategy, because they've been strategizing. And by they, I mean the people who are technically really in control of the shit that's been happening. How yeah. you said Trujillo was more upfront in the face and more aggressive about his approach. What were the strategies with the red zoning, the redlining? What were the strategies with putting certain Section A apartment homes and, and, and shit like that? You know what I mean? Why were these plays made? Why were, why what caused them to think this certain way? We have to think the opposite way together, bro. Because mm-hmm. it's gonna take time. I mean, J. Cole just dropped a new song that I think it was yesterday or this morning, and he was talking about how you can't just go into the ghettos and go into the hoods and expect to, to grow trees overnight. You gotta plant no. the seeds in these yeah. places. You gotta plant the seeds in our minds, in each other's minds. Change up the conversations, bro. Um, be careful what you're watching, what you're listening to. All those things can can bring change without you even realizing it. It doesn't have to be a big step, bro. Just a step. That's all, bro. That's mm-hmm. really it. I no, mean, for real. Because when 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 I noticed the change, and by change I mean the shift in consciousness and the unity and the whole country basically, you know, fighting for for equality, right? To end systemic systemic racism. The the good thing is that we're all acknowledging that there's systemic racism. Mm-hmm. And and to me, I'm more like you said, I'm more of a strategist. I'm more of a, how can we use our energy more efficiently and and get it and get it done. Um, so I think like you said it's if you're now aware that the system is racist now you have to ask yourself who are the people who are the people in play that have influence to make decisions that keep the system racist okay meaning voting mm, and then after that you got to look about who are the people around the people making the people that make decisions right because these people got a circle of influence that are funding these decisions right and then now you got to ask yourself Okay, the people funding the system that's racist, do they own any businesses? Do I spend any money at their businesses? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now let me redirect where my money goes, right? Cuz cuz they're make, they're making money off of off of our culture, they're making money off of our music, they're making money off of our ideas, our fashion, 100%. Our creativity, right? So you got to redirect that and feed your own community. And you know, that's that's another that's a whole another topic talking about you know, going into that those types of uh economic solutions yeah. no that's um, for sure a different conversation bro i mean i just i'm glad you hit on, on it because it's important right again it's the educating part it's the the different ways of how to generally shift right because there is a huge change happening bro 
So the more people that get on board, the more people that realize how you said it's almost impossible to ignore now. Um, we are aware of what's happening. What what's our role in this history, right? Do you want to be Do you want to be able to tell your kids like, hey, I kind of just sat this one out, or do you want to be able to say, hey, like I I genuinely played a role. Um, I did this, I wrote it, or I I I paid for that T-shirt. I, I invested my money in a different company that's actually pushing for change, um, real change, bro. Not just posting social media shit. I'm talking about real live action. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Changing the conversations around your family members, especially if you're in the Hispanic, the Latino culture, or if you're Dominican, Puerto Rico, whatever, bro. We all have African in us as well it's time to acknowledge that part and check your friends check your family members who may be ignoring that part because our hispanic latino group as well we are going to play a big role in this change too we're part of it just like everyone else is we can't just ignore it as well as you mentioned there are certain families and stuff like that that grew up racist as well even though they're hispanic latino whatever they grew up racist as well so Mm -hmm. if we can help each other out in order, I have a friend, Jordan Ramey. He's in Cincinnati, bro. He's he's making a shift in into the Cincinnati area. Where he's trying to change the name of a stadium. Like, yeah, create change by focusing on your inner circle and your inner community, bro. Focus on that area first, and then mm-hmm. worry about the big problem. Because if you just look at the big problem, it looks impossible to change. Yeah. Our last episode was mentality. It's all mentality, bro. Yeah. Focus. Start with yourself, and then exactly, and then, and then spread outwards. out. Exactly, bro. But bro, honestly, I know those are some hard ass. I mean, it was it was hard for me, right, to hit on those topics. But they have to be hit on because it's important, bro. We can't just we can't ignore it, you know. But I I do I do want to say and, and acknowledge. It's like, you know, this movement has been started. This movement has been has been happening, and you know, you gotta prepare. You gotta prepare to be in it for the long game, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, but I don't think just protesting is going to change anything. It's going to change some things, but you also got to be aware that if, if they, if they dangle some changes in front of you, that, that you just don't get complacent. Right. If it, if it doesn't have the end goal. So, so I, I think, it's amazing to see the unity, but I think the unity needs to go to another step as far as coming up with the clear changes that need to happen and then continuing to push until those changes are put into place. And, and, you know, it goes, it goes way beyond systemic racism because if, if you choose to be racist, that's a matter of the mind and the heart. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So we're not only out here to change a system; we're out here to change hearts. We're out here to change minds, and that and that comes from pouring love into people. That comes from if even even if even let's say if I'm talking to you and you hate me because of my race, I'm still gonna choose to pour love into you, right? And bro, that's the strongest way is love, bro. It's some people are fed up and they want to go to violence, and and I and and I'm with them. I, sometimes violence has to be done because it's been done against, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, bro, love, love is really the answer. Um, and not to get super emotional about it, but bro, it's true. It really is. From a human standpoint, you know what I mean, bro? We're yeah. all fucking human. You know what I'm saying? Um, but you said it, bro. It's a heart. It's a hard thing. It's a mental thing. We're obviously not born racist. We're obviously not born with those ideas and those ideologies we got to make sure that we don't pass any of that along to our family members, to our friends, 
and check them. The most important part is checking, bro. Be more curious. Ask more questions. Don't be afraid to change your opinion on something after learning something. You know what I mean, bro? It's all self-awareness. It's all mentality. It's all shit that we constantly talk about. It's all related, bro. It genuinely is all related. The moment you can step outside of your comfort zone and look into what you're doing on a daily basis to maybe help out or maybe change your, your paradigm, have a paradigm shift into being like, damn, I thought about it this way, but it, it could be this way. You know what I'm saying? Like, ask yourself why. Just be more curious um, and you'll start getting answers, bro. And those answers will become very clear as they are today in the whole world. These answers are becoming clearer and clearer because we have cameras, video and technology. There's no questioning anymore. The answers are in front of us. It's mm -hmm. time to change it now. You know what I'm saying? That's really it for me, bro. Same, brother. Same. <laughs> maybe, like, maybe. bro, I get, I get tight. I really do, bro. I get passionate because this shit is crazy to me, bro. It's mind-boggling. Mm -hmm. You said it. It's absolutely mind-boggling that we're still having trouble understanding these changes that have to be made. Point yeah. as you mentioned, as I mentioned, it's just important to take knowledge and then take a step forward, right? It could be a little step, it could be a big step, but just doing something because that little thing that you're doing, bro, is going to have a huge impact when you multiply by your friends, your family, and everybody else. Yeah, that's how you create change within your community, within your direct group, within your direct circle, within your direct self. Focus on self, then spread it to your friend, then spread it to your family or whatever. But just focus on that area, bro. And if each individual does that, you'll be surprised the majority of change that's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And receipts, bro. Receipts are proof. Facts. Facts. If, you can, if you can spend money in a person of color's business, you know, who's putting food on their family's table, same product, probably better service, probably a better time. Not for sure. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna eventually hit on the economic side later on down the road. It has to be done. Um, but I think I got a couple ideas for that later on, bro. But that's that's pretty much it for me, bro. If you have anything else, go ahead. But I'm I'm Gucci. It's, it's a it's a wrap for me. But that though, bro, that's it. Talk to you guys later. Peace. Thank you guys again for tuning into the podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed that last episode. In order to stay tuned and keep up with the Leading the Comfort Zone family, make sure you hit that subscribe button as well as follow us on IG. That's underscore Leading the Comfort Zone. And once again, to show love and cop some gear, make sure you visit our website, leavingthecomfortzone.store. Until next time.